0: Hello, this is Will Stotler for Payday Loan Industry Watch, Watch pliWatch.org, which produces this podcast. PLI Watch is an independent source for news and information about what's happening in the payday loan and cash advance industries. We're able to bring you this service based on donations and sponsorships. The content of this podcast is unlikely to reflect the views of sponsors or donors. This is pliwatch.org podcast number 14 and is for the last week of September and the first week of October. Legal Loan Sharks legal loan sharking, like loan sharks, terms used to describe the payday loan industry by opponents. In fact, we analyzed the news and found that almost 19% of news we've read since May contained references to loan sharking. When the news didn't directly label a payday lender or the industry a legal loan shark, a comparison was instead used, often in quotes from industry opponents. Every time the comparison would come up, we would just ask ourselves the question, are payday lenders really legal loan sharks? We couldn't answer the question, but we didn't like the image that that invoked. We started to wonder if the people using the label, those quoted and editorially, those making the comparison, knew what loan sharking is really about, or if they were just trying to make an unsavory comparison as a kind of smear. Seeing the comparison was appearing about one time in five in a completely unsupported kind of way, which bothered us, we decided to find out more about loan sharking. So we called the FBI. Joining us this week to talk about loan sharking is Special Agent Pete Cohenhoven, Acting Organized Crime Supervisor, Philadelphia Division of the FBI. Special Agent Cohenhoven is a graduate of the United States Naval Academy and served 10 years in the U.S. Navy prior to entering the FBI Academy. He has served with the FBI for nine years, primarily investigating organized crime groups with an emphasis on Eurasian, that is Russian, criminal enterprises. Special Agent Cohenhoven works for the Philadelphia Division of the FBI, the eighth largest FBI field office in the United States. Agent Cohenhoven's organized crime squad is tasked with disrupting and dismantling La Cosa Nostra, Eurasian, Asian, and Middle Eastern criminal enterprises, as well as organizations involved in labor racketeering, through sustained investigative efforts utilizing sophisticated techniques and the RICO statute. During our interview, Special Agent Cohenhoven shared with us the official definition of a loan shark, details about what getting a loan from a loan shark is like, the kind of loans they make, how they affect people in their communities, and how they fit into the larger crime picture. By the way, we'd like to thank the Bureau and the Philadelphia Division for freeing up Pete to describe loan sharking. After hearing Pete speak on the topic, we'll let you draw your own comparisons and conclusions about whether payday lending is quote-unquote legalized loan sharking. Pete, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks. So set the stage for our listeners, Pete. Loan sharking. What is the official definition of this activity according to federal law? And what are the penalties under law for engaging in loan sharking?
1: Okay, well, uh, loan sharking is an extortionate extension of credit or extortionate credit transaction as defined by federal law, and it is a felony. Uh, Loan sharking uh, violators are prosecuted under Title 18 of the U.S. Criminal Code. And in order to violate this law, four elements must be met. The first is that the terms of the loan are not legally recorded. The second is that the lending of money is at an extremely high interest rate, which is defined as greater than 45% annual percentage uh, rate, so an APR of greater than 45%. The third element uh, we're looking for is the understanding that the use of threats or violence, which is defined as extortionate means, to collect or punish non-repayment is being used, and fourth, that the loan, including interest and fees, exceeds $100. So if those four elements are met, uh, we will be looking at charging somebody with a loan sharking violation. Now, if the loan shark is convicted, they can be imprisoned for up to 20 years and or fined, depending on what assets they have or what the uh, judge determines the fine to be. However, loan sharking is also a predicate offense under our RICO statute. So we often prosecute organized crime groups and to show a pattern of racketeering activity we need two predicate offenses. One of those offenses is often loan sharking. So you get charged under the RICO statute if you are a loan shark very often. And under that statute, the penalties could increase to life in prison and forfeiture of all assets. So this is where most loan sharks are convicted under the RICO statute, vice a standalone charge of uh, loan sharking.
0: Pretty stiff penalties. Thanks much for that. Landscape. Can you tell us about loan sharking in the U.S. from a statistical point of view? Now, of course, the statistics will be estimates because the full scope of loan sharking in the country can't be tallied, but can you tell us what the Bureau thinks the numbers are?
1: Sure. Well, uh, according, actually, I'm going to start out with a statement that uh, came out of Congress, and they stated that organized crime is interstate and international in character. Its activities involve many billions of dollars each year. It is directly responsible for murders, willful injuries to persons and property, corruption of officials, and terrorization of countless citizens. A substantial part of the income of organized crime is generated by loan sharking. So you see there's a lot of money out there and as you said that loan sharking is an unregulated business and the numbers are only estimates. So I'm going to give a very conservative estimate here of where we think the money is at the very low end. And it's not uncommon for a single loan shark to have a minimum of, of let's say, $100,000 loaned out and on the street at one time. And if we assume that each state, says, say, has 100 loan sharks in it and we have 50 states, you're looking at a half billion dollars of money illegally being lent out at one time. Uh, that's a, a lot of money, but that's on the lower end. And if we assume that a loan shark is going to take in approximately... 30% profit or 30% interest, uh, we're looking at $150 million uh, that the loan shark is making in profit. Now, it's probably actually 20 times more of that, or $3 billion, uh, which is a lot of money, or you know, the 20 times the half billion dollars or $10 billion being out on the street at one time.
0: Okay. Speaking of loan sharks, and thanks, by the way, The stereotype of a loan shark is some gangster loaning out dirty money in a dark alley, and he's mean enough to break both of your legs if you don't pay him back. Quote, it's just business, unquote. Can you take a moment to describe, in your experience, what loan sharks are actually like?
1: Uh, Loan sharks, for the most part, are in the business to make money. They do something to you. They injure you they may be taking away your ability to make money and to pay them their money. So usually the violence that you see in the movies or on TV shows is a last resort. As long as you're paying something each week, your health will remain intact. And we'll talk a little bit later about some of the terms that are set up in these loans that loan sharks will put out between themselves and a borrower. Uh, If you miss a week and you have not made contact with that loan shark to say, hey, money's tight, something like that, the loan shark will probably show up at your home or place of business asking for money and at times issuing a threat. Sometimes that threat may not be stated but will be implied in that they may bring somebody of uh, a large stature, you know, known as possibly muscle, uh, to uh, further intimidate you, basically saying, hey, this guy could break your legs uh, based on the stereotype, but it's not said. It's just there's a big guy at your door coming to your house. He knows where you live you know, let's get those payments going. After about a month of no payment, the loan shark oftentimes will take something of value to you. If you have a vehicle, they'll have you sign over the title to the loan shark. Um, If you have a home, they may do the same thing. So they're there to get something from you and try to force you to make the payment. Now they have no problem, if you can't make the payment, taking something of value from you. So like I said, their number one thing is to make money or acquire something of value. The only time extreme violence or a hit would be carried out would be if a borrower skipped town and still owed a lot of money. Say I went to a loan shark, borrowed $100,000, next day I'm out of here, I'm going to Florida, and I never bother paying a cent back. If I ever came back to town um, and I was located, chances are that uh, you know, I'd be uh, beaten severely or possibly killed. I have a couple of examples. Uh, one example was uh, an individual had borrowed uh, probably $50,000, and uh, he borrowed it from an individual that was connected to a, an Italian organized crime group. He was paying just fine going along, probably about $30,000 uh, he was paying to the group, which, you know, they were happy, they got some money back, but then he uh, came onto some hard times, couldn't pay anything else back. Over time, he, uh, you know, I can't do it, I can't do it, here's a little, here's a little. Well, that uh, $20,000 he had left on his uh, loan had ballooned over two years to approximately $200,000 he owed. They got really upset. They knew he gave some money early on, so they took over the title of his house. He had a very nice house. So now the house is owned by the organized crime group and not him. But even though they own the house, he's still going to be required to make full payment on that which is now $200,000 chances are he's never going to be able to satisfy that loan and they will have the house as the new collateral and it will be theirs but they're going to also still pressure him to make payments uh, another example uh, is uh, an individual that was um, actually a businessman a doctor in the in the Russian community He uh, came on to some tough times when he was getting his business started up, and uh, before the Medicare-Medicaid payments would come in, they need to be certified. But he was doing work and submitting the bills and hadn't gotten paid. And he had a gap where he needed approximately $30,000. He had a friend that worked at a store who knew knew a friend that had a lot of money that he could lend. So he went to uh, this individual. The introduction was made. The Russian, who was connected to organized crime, said here's $30,000 and in six weeks, I want $60,000 back. So a lot of money to be paid back. The individual needed that 30000 agreed to the terms, figured when the money came in, he'd have no problem paying back the $60,000. Well, the money never came in. So the individual started, you know, hey, I need money, I need something, you have to give me something. The doctor could not pay back the money. So the uh, Russian organized crime figure stepped in and said, okay, you're going to sign your business over to me. I know it'll be profitable someday, but this is where we're going to start, and you need to start paying me still so you know, we can satisfy the loan as well. The next thing that happened is uh, he went in, uh, because there still was no payment, started taking material that he needed to do the business away from him to show, hey, I'm serious about this. You need to start paying me. Well, that basically cut the legs out of the doctor from doing business like he needed to, to get money to pay him. So the loan shark is slowly squeezing this individual. Well, the individual couldn't do anything about it, and they had a conversation, and the Russian organized crime figure eventually resorted to violence, punched this individual, knocked him out of his seat uh, to send a message that you need to start paying at that point, that's when this individual came to the FBI and informed us of the situation that was going on. So it can escalate to violence at, uh, depending on the individual and who the loan shark is.
0: Thanks much. Now, I wouldn't personally know the first place to go and get a loan from a loan shark. Where would I go to find a loan shark, and how much money would I be borrowing? What would the borrowing terms be?
1: Okay, well, uh, if you needed money and, you know, you, there was a reason that you could not get it from a legitimate uh, lending institution, one of the best places to start is go down to a local bar or uh, a lounge. The bartender probably could point you in the right direction. Um, in the case of the Russian doctor, there was a friend who had a friend who had money um, and was willing to do that. If we really wanted to find the money, asking, you know, three or four people to put, point us in the right direction. So loan sharking is out there. It's it's very prevalent. It's just they kind of stay under the radar. They don't advertise, obviously. So you need to kind of work your way into somebody that knows somebody and somebody that's on maybe the fringe of illegal activity, say uh, involved in a lot of gambling, maybe sports bookmaking, knows somebody that could put you in touch with a, a loan shark. Like I said previously, organized crime groups and those involved in criminal enterprises usually have some aspect of loan sharking as part of their organization. If you owe money to, say, a drug dealer, and that's why you need to get this money, or a bookie, you know, who you've owed money to because you lost a, uh, a few bets, they can refer you to a loan shark that they work with. So the loan shark is part of the criminal organization. So depending on why you need the money, it may help direct you to where you can go to find it. Somebody could refer you to get the money. Now, in the case of the, uh, the drug dealer or the bookie, they send you to a loan shark. The loan shark gives you the money. You pay off your bookie. No more hassle there. The, the bookie's happy. He's satisfied. The loan shark's happy because now you're going to be paying interest on the loan you took, and he's going to be making money as well. So the only person that uh, you know, really loses is you because of the terms of the loan, and part of this question is, what are, the, what are the terms that you're going to get when you do meet up with a loan shark? There's actually two types of loans that loan sharks lend out. One's called a juice loan or an interest loan, and the other is called a knockdown loan. The juice loan, uh, let me just, the best way to explain these is to give an example of each. I go to a loan shark. I need $1,000. He gives me $1,000, and he says that, uh, okay, here's your $1,000. The interest on this is going to be $50 a week, and you pay me $50 a week until you can pay me back the $1,000. So basically every week you have to pay him $50. That's the interest on the loan. So you pay $50, $50, and eventually when you get your $1,000 back, you need to pay him that lump sum of $1,000. The way this loan is set up, you know, pay the interest, pay the interest, pay the interest, and then you have to pay me the full amount. I gave you a 1000 I want 1000 back in one lump sum. A lot of people, you know, say, okay, that's pretty good. I can get by with $50 a week, and two years later they've paid, you know, $1,200 on a $1,000 loan, and they have yet to pay back the $1,000. So that's one type of terms that are set by the, uh, the loan chart. The other and the most popular, and it's uh, used a, a lot more frequent because the loan shark can actually make more money this way, and it's called the knockdown loan, which is also called the 10-step loan. Uh, it's a loan given out over 10 weeks. For example, we'll use the same $1,000. Loan Shark gives you $1,000. He's going to add 30% interest to the total amount over that 10-week period. So you're going to have to pay that interest, which is also known in, in the underworld as a VIG or JUICE on the loan. So the total amount that you have to pay that Loan Shark back in 10 weeks is instead of the $1,000. That gets divided into 10 payments of $130 due once a week. Now, 10 weeks, $130, you're satisfied. You're, You're good. However, what happens if you can't make that $130 payment? What will happen then is that you would only have to pay what they call the juice or the interest on that, which would be $30. Now, that doesn't negate that you know if you miss one payment and you just pay the thirty dollars, the next time you start, you have to pay the one hundred and thirty dollars you don 't get credit for that thirty dollars you gave. That was just a uh, a fee to maintain the loan so now the loan goes from ten weeks to eleven weeks now they 're willing to do that because they 're getting some money, and your loan extends out so there 's an extra thirty dollars in their pocket so loan sharks will lend out any amount of money uh usually the uh, uh loan amounts. and less are done by the knockdown payback process. And the loans above $5,000, the bigger loans, are more the juice loans, the ones where you need to pay the whole amount back after paying interest over a period of time. So the average amount, I'd say, would be approximately $1,000 a loan
0: that goes out. Thanks for that. Let's run this one by you. I can't pay the money back, and I don't make partial payments. What happens to me, apart from what you've previously told us about?
1: Okay, probably uh, an area that I could get into a little more here, it deals with the threats that are made. know, what's going to make you pay back if you aren't paying back? You know, we, we talked about you know, showing up at the house, uh, things like that. Uh, a great example I have is related to a Russian organized crime uh, figure who lent money to a borrower. Now the borrower uh, was here in the U.S. doing some business. Got into a little trouble. Needed some money. Goes to the loan shark, borrows the money. He's having trouble paying back the loan shark. His family is back in Russia still. Now Russia is the uh, you know there's a lot more uh, criminal activity than here in the U.S. going on right now as they're still developing into a into a democracy over there. What will happen is that organized crime figure will know people in the hometown of the individual that borrowed the money. He'll have people go to that house, possibly uh, knock on the door, go inside, put a gun to the uh, family member's head, take a picture of that, send it to the uh, individual that owes the money, and said, next time they're dead, start paying your money. So the threats are very real and are very uh, strong to force the individual to pay. But the loan shark, what they'll figure out is what's really important to that individual. What's going to make them really work hard to pay me back? Like I said, they're in the business to make money. And your loan sharks are almost common, ordinary people. They're there, they're business, and they will consider themselves a businessman or a businesswoman that lends out money for people that need it. In a lot of cases, they know that it's illegal. However, they feel they're providing a service. Many of them are related to organized crime, not through the association of uh, being a member of it, but as somebody that assists organized crime. Uh, Why they like that is that if they do have somebody not paying, they can say that, hey, I'm connected to these guys. Now, they might not be a full-fledged member of the organized crime group, but the organized crime group is a link for them to utilize the... uh, the threat or the uh, reputation that organized crime has.
0: So, just to hop in, basically, if you think of the loan shark as the lender, then the organized crime connection becomes collections.
1: Yes, it does. It becomes collections as well as reputation that, hey, you better pay back or. I'm linked to these guys in one way or another, though not a full-fledged member. The association that they have made, these loan sharks, a lot of them will will run on their own, individually, without much uh, connection to organized crime. And the reason being is because it is so profitable, and the borrower, in many cases, is an individual that's going to need to go back to that loan shark to get more money at a later date. So the borrower in most cases will make an extremely strong effort to pay back that loan shark because once they pay off that loan, hey, the loan shark's going to say, this guy paid me off on time, I'm going to give him a bigger loan next time. So the guy comes into some trouble a couple months later, needs more money, goes down and uh, talks to that loan shark again, no problem. So there is that relationship that they want to foster, the borrower, who's going to try to do everything right to pay him back. So there's, uh, you know, you don't really need that threat of violence. It's the borrower who's trying to make the good reputation, vice the uh, loan shark who needs to try to have the bad reputation. So there's many different types of loan sharks that are out there. Uh, You have the, uh, the ones that are fully integrated in the organized crime where, you know, they're lending to legitimate businesses in many cases uh, who need uh, to bridge some gaps in uh, some loans uh, to get maybe a expansion or an update of their business. They are, live in the neighborhood. They may be already paying a uh, excuse me, some sort of street tax to the mob to uh, remain in business in that uh, maybe mob-controlled section of the city. Or you might have somebody that runs a uh, a jewelry store that doesn't do too much business, but is making a majority of their profit in the, uh, the uh, loan shark business, where people would come down as uh, clients wouldn't be able to pay for the uh, the jewelry, and they said, okay, I can give you a loan on that. So they actually become loan sharks. There's actually one case that was done where there was a minister at a church who was giving loans to parishioners who needed, it, but were charging uh, rates way above the 45%. Now that individual is not going to be utilizing threats. Uh, However, there was some pressure for them to pay back, and you know it could be damage to their reputation if they don't pay back. So that was a case where the minister was actually a loan shark. So just about anybody from all walks of life could be a loan shark. That's what makes it very difficult for law enforcement in a lot of cases to identify who these people are, uh, are their victims, and How do we investigate the activity?
0: So let me ask that question. How do you catch these guys?
1: Um, It's very difficult. Eventually, and probably the most common way, is that a victim will come to us, but that is very, very rare. A lot of times we'll be investigating an organization and we'll be, say, listening for certain other activity, and we'll hear about the loan sharking that's going on. Like I said earlier, it seems to be linked to other criminal activity. So if we're looking at one type of criminal activity, the loan sharking, the gambling, things will come up that uh, will also be part of that organization, so we can investigate it through that. Now, if we're looking at loan sharking, a lot of times the uh, a victim will come to us, and it's usually because... Possibly they could be really fearful for their life, or they've gotten themselves into so much debt, they've exhausted every means to try to pay back this person, and maybe a family member will tell them, hey, you need to go to law enforcement. Um, A lot of times they won't come to us because a lot of these people that are taking out these loans from loan sharks – possibly could be illegal aliens. So there's an individual that will very rarely come to us. But when we finally do get somebody to come to us, it's very good because it gives us an inside look at how the loan shark operates. Another problem we have is that a lot of times these individuals that do come to us don't have the best reputation in the community or may be involved in other illegal activity. But for whatever reason, whether it's that real threat or fear for their life or they've gotten just so much much debt they know they can never pay it back – they will eventually be referred or come to us one way or another. Uh, we get the information. Uh, what, the first thing we want to do is get as much info about the loan that that individual took out. The next step, uh, what we do is say, okay, we'll give you a little bit of money, and we are going to pay off uh, maybe the juice on the loan, the interest rate for that week. So, but we'll have them wear a, uh, a body recorder to record that information and the uh, dealings they have with that loan shark. Uh, We'll do a lot of surveillance to follow where that loan shark goes once that occurs. Now, one example in the, uh, the Russian community is that this individual got in so much debt, really didn't want to pay back the loan shark. So uh, came to us, said, yeah, they're really threatening me. They're really threatening me. We put the wire on him. He went in, talked, and it seemed like a, uh, a normal business deal. There really wasn't any threat to this individual. Well, he comes back out, and, uh, you know, we evaluate what's happening. Um, we say, okay, maybe they just were smart enough this time. Uh, he had some money. No problem. So we sent him back with a little less money next time to the loan shark. Now, you know, they made the payment. No problems again. Well, during that time, word got out that, hey, the FBI will uh, you know give you money to pay back your loan, and suddenly there was a flood of complaintants coming in uh, from the Russian community where basically all they wanted us to do was to void their loan uh, you know that's that 's what they wanted they wanted us to you know open this case, make the loan shark the subject. Uh, try to gather enough evidence uh, that they are, you know, utilizing these threats, and uh, you know the the four elements we talked about early on are all met. In a lot of cases, they aren't. But like I said, these victims are coming to us to try to avoid the loan, or they want to come in to us and then they can tell them, hey, I went to law enforcement. You better not do anything to me and I'm not paying you back anymore. So we have to be real careful when someone does come to us. What's their motivation? Why are they here? Uh, a lot of times uh, the best uh, people that help us are the ones where a wife will bring in her husband who had a gambling problem, who went to a loan shark, and now you know, their house has been taken over and you know there's somebody showing up on their door every day. They're getting calls at all hours of the night saying they better pay, where the wife, who was never involved in this said we need to take care of this and come to us. Uh, Some of our investigative techniques will be we'll try to have that individual introduced undercover to take out a loan from the loan shark where we can get enough uh, information uh, and try to identify all the victims uh, uh, we'll call them victims at this point or borrowers of the loan shark. So that's kind of how we go about it and The reason that there are so few uh, standalone loan sharking cases is that there are so few actual complainants coming to us to tell us about what's going on. So where we pick them up and why we prosecute them under RICO is because, say, we'll be up on a a wiretap, a gambling wiretap, which will naturally lead us into the loan sharking charges.
0: Okay, just as a final question, I guess, and a follow-on to the last one, if I take money from a loan shark, am I guilty of an offense?
1: No, you are not guilty of an offense if you just borrow money from a loan shark. It's the loan shark that's setting the, uh, the terms of that loan, which is the violation, not the person that's borrowing.
0: Gotcha. Pete, great facts and details about loan sharking. It should certainly give our audience some food for thought. Thanks for joining us today.
1: And thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully, like you said, uh, some of this information can get out there. Uh, Once again, loan sharking is illegal. Uh, You should not be going that avenue if you need to borrow money. And anybody that's involved in the business, uh, it it is illegal, and they shouldn't be doing it. Uh, Beware of the loan shark. They're going to try to suck you into a web of debt that is almost
0: impossible to get out of. Pete, thanks. You're welcome. This week's podcast did not have a sponsor. Like the work we're doing? Please contact Robert James via the contact page on our website to learn more about how you can support our work. Remember, visit pliwatch.org for industry-independent news, interviews, RSS news feeds, helpful tips, and older podcasts. You can also take a look at our listings and reviews of payday loan vendors. This is Will Stotler for PLI Watch. Thanks for listening.